Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Got to smash that like button. What's the card? You know, I'm tired of your weird, quirky sh**. Don't do that, Formatting dude. my cards when I don't ask you to. And you accuse my guests of sabotaging <laughs> my podcast. You guys are live at five, Jack. Nathan told you guys what, what had to get that pin. What happened? What happened? You know, I'll tell you what happened. I got so nervous. I was next to like this bow hunting celebrity. (laughs) I was like, oh man. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host. Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives. Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. You lost a day of elk hunting today because you gave up, you burned a day of vacation to hang out with us. Pretty much. Sweet. I mean, that was worth it. Uh, Was it? Not really. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Do you think... You're over or under an hour of wait time for me today. Just you personally waiting for me to, to get there. <sighs> no, nah, it's all good. I had a great day. I, yeah, I had a great day. This is what I love to do pretty much more than anything other than hunt is spend time with. That's why I like running the mountains with the guys and, and women that I do. It's why I like doing hard things with cool people. It's like why I like sharing my life with people like you guys. So I feel... I, I think it was a incredible day, and I'm I feel very blessed to have been able to do it. Wow, that was pretty polished. 
I like that answer. I hope I hope we didn't embarrass ourselves, but I do like I like I like your vibe. Like your vibe is I'm here to take advantage of every second. I'm not squandering a single second of the day. Yeah, I, um that's been the name of my game is I do a lot, so I have a very full day eating when I'm driving, eating when I'm working. I don't like always doing something. So it's um you know, it's got, it's a lot of people do it though. So I'm not special in that regard. It's like, you know, I have a regular job. A lot of people have regular jobs. So if you want to do more on top of a regular job, you better be good at time management. Yeah. You're pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. When are you going to quit that stupid job? I mean, I know it's cool, <laughs> but like, let's, yeah. when is, you want to announce when that's going to happen? Uh, probably uh, it's looking like October. I don't believe you. Cause I asked you this question six months ago and you said yeah. May. Yeah, it was going to be May, um, but we just couldn't get my positions posted quick enough to get them backfilled, and it takes a little bit of time. You know, it's uh, I've been there a long time, so there's a lot of things I do that it's just going to take time to get people dialed in. So we pushed it back, um, and uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to stick this time. Yeah, it's hard to quit. This is the best job I've ever had. So I was, you know, I, I said. Uh, I said prayers to get this job 26 years ago and thought that my life would be set if I could get a good job like this, and I got it. So it's really hard for someone like me of my you know, talent level, which I'm just a worker, to, to leave the best job you've ever had in your life. Hmm. It'll be exciting to see what you do next, you know, like what that next chapter is. But you've told us today that you're not a guy who looks much past the week that you're in, mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? Like. Other than elk season, you know when that's coming, mm -hmm. uh, and you're preparing. You're you're kind of living day by day. Yep, yep. Has I, it always been that way? I think so. I mean, you know, I've learned hard lessons in life um, about looking too far down the road, about just like everybody taking life for granted, and then you lose people in your life who would give anything for one more day. And you'd give anything for one more day with them. And it just gives you a different perspective about, you know, we have to cherish every day. Every minute of every day, we need to cherish it because it's so valuable. That's powerful. Dude, you, uh, you beat me down a little bit today, like the run. Uh, I was feeling really good mm -hmm. until we got to Pisgah. And you had to take a call. And I was like, okay. I'm going to try to get up this mountain and I'd like, I got to run it because I don't want cam to like take a business call and then pass me up the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've ran this mountain with you. Mm -hmm. I had 12 to 14 years ago. I don't know when. And I forgot how that is a legit little hill. Yeah. It's legit. It'll take all you have. I mean, so if you, if you know, it's not hurting enough, you just got to give more and it'll take it. Yeah. It'll say, thank you. But I still won. The mountain always wins. Yeah, it does. We're always on borrowed time. That that was great. I it was mile marker, I don't know, fifteen ish, and it was. It's not a, like a cardiovascular thing for me. It was like a, oh my hips are tight. Oh, mm -hmm. my calves are tight. This really hurts. To like it was like a lot of work to move. Like, I mean, by and large, you did great. I mean, it's like this today was. Not too many people have days like today where, you know, run 21 miles, 
include three summits starting at Blanton, going to Spencer's, going to Pisgah, all the way across town. You run a half marathon across town to get to the next summit and then lift weights. And then, you know, never really take time to eat or do anything or, or chill out and then go to the track meet then come here and shoot, you know, bombs out here at 130 yards and now do a podcast. It's like, that's not what people do. And you did it and you did it and you did great and you did it with a great attitude all day. So it's like, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm definitely impressed. But when I agreed to do this podcast, I, I can't stand podcasts. So I said, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to, um, experience a day of my life and then I'll do what you want to do. You want to do this podcast? I'm like, okay, it's a trade off. You do what I do. I'll do what you do. I didn't. Okay. I didn't really want to do this podcast. Okay. I hate podcasting. I think people, I don't know if people know that, but like, like that's like the one thing I'm not stoked about is podcast. You didn't want, okay. So can we be done then? We're just about done. We could be done. So I, I had this idea where I was like, you know, Cam, we're going to, ha- we're going to talk all day. Like you should just probably wear a mic all day. Yeah. You were like, yeah, dude, that's a good idea. Well, we are the only ones who had that idea. The other two guys in the room here apparently didn't have that same thought. So those sound bites are gone. No one will ever hear some of the most amazing stuff I've ever Sometimes heard. Sometimes the most special stuff is just shared between two people. And I think that's where it stays. <laughs> All right, guys, you listening, you, I asked you to give me some questions to ask Cam. You, I'm going to give you guys a C plus on your questions. Like, is this really what you want to know from him? But I'll get to those if I do. Okay. I'll ask the questions because I want to dive right into something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. So, Cam, I got a priority list. Faith first, although you wouldn't know it. I drop the F word a lot. Uh, I like swearing. Um, I'm good at it. It comes easy. But at the end of the day, I love Jesus. Like, I know I'm a broken dude. Mm -hmm. So faith first. Try to get in the word every day. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's where my I'm not a big church going guy. I'm not. a. But the bottom line is I know that I'm small. And I know that I feel really small when I go elk hunting. Mm -hmm. It's part of the lure. Number two is then family. Number three is fitness. Mm -hmm. I put fitness over elk hunting. Elk hunting comes in at number four. And for me, career comes number five. Mm -hmm. I'm a time chaser. Yeah. Not a money chaser. Like, I just like having time to be like, oh, you want us to come to Eugene? Okay, when? Great. See you then. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your priority list in order for you? Um, well, I mean, it sounds cliche and we just, we just talked about this, but my priority list is giving my best every single day. And if I do that, all the, all that other shit will take care of itself, you know? And so part of that is, you know, I sit in the morning to the table and the Bible's there. And like, as you mentioned, I'm not probably not as, uh, disciplined or dedicated as you are to it, but. Um, every once in a while I'll go through and I'll take snapshots of scripture that I read. And I just did this like two days ago and send them to friends and just whatever. But I'm, it, it feels good to start my day like that. And I don't know why, but anyway, it's not as, as you said, it's not, I'm not overly religious, but there's gotta be something bigger to this whole what we're doing here. I mean, this is, there's, there's more, there's more to it. There's more involved, um, than we can even understand that has put, I don't know, just created this, what we do, this, 
this life experience. It's just, I just know there's a creator and there's, you know, I try to learn and be pure in heart about that. I struggle with faith a lot, um, back and forth, up and down and good, good things happen. It's easy when bad things happen. I have a hard time making sense of it, but anyway, it's, uh, I, I can agree with you there. Um, but aside from just keeping perspective and giving my best to every day, yeah, I know I'm going to elk hunt. I know I'm going to get my miles in. I know there's going to be fitness. I know I'm going to go to work and I'm going to, you know, make a positive difference. I'm going to help to, you know, lift people up there to be their best. And I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a list, you know, like you do. I, I totally respect that and appreciate that structure. And I like that the fact that you can verbalize it, I think gives, it gives your brain what it needs to yeah. like say, okay, here's what I need to focus on. Here's, you know, my North star type thing. And I, I totally get that. I work differently and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to maximize today. I'm going to do all the things I know I'm going to do. And, um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And I don't know. I just, I just don't, I really don't overthink things. I'm pretty simple. I like that. I think people appreciate that you're, you know, willing to admit like there's something out there. But the bottom line, like the distilled down answer to what you said was like, dude, how lucky are we to mm -hmm. be alive? Like the, I think that hanging around you, there's a, you know, there's a Cameron Haynes energy. Mm -hmm. C-H-E, make a shirt, Cameron Haynes energy, because it's a thing. And I felt that like you're just so stoked on life and there's no squandering a second. I don't think a lot of people have that, mm -hmm. which makes me bummed. But, uh. The, the cool thing about being a bow hunter and elk hunting is that you kind of have this thing that um, it's hard to describe to people that maybe don't hunt or have never heard an elk bugle, um, but it's pretty special and I want to get into your tactics, but I first kind of want to like talk about your book for a second. Not because I have to, by the way, mm -hmm. not that it's a box in your check, but like no, I paid, I paid you. Oh Yeah. Remember when's that check coming, Doug? Yeah, uh, dumb. You, you have you People have say the stupidest. Yeah, <laughs> somebody made a like made a comment that how much do I pay these people for making these positive comments about my book? I mean, oh my god. So anyway, that was that inside joke to that. But go yeah, ahead. sorry. And whoever wrote that, you're <laughs> um, so like right, reading your book. And I'm going to listen to it one more time because I like, I got some windshield time this elk season and uh, it just kind of fires me up. You always have, you're a great writer. I, in fact, I know you're good at Instagram. Actually, I don't think you're that good at Instagram. I think you're, <laughs> you're okay, but you're really like, you're a world-class writer, bro. Like I've always known that. I think I told you today and I'm going to tell the, the listeners, I read Cam stuff when I first got into elk hunting and he spoke to me like like I didn't enjoy the other articles I read from other people. Like this guy was like talking to me and just talking about sacrifice and talking about like putting the work in. And I'm just like, like, dude, I was influenced by you mm. at age 21. Mm. That's awesome. Like significant to the, where I called Eastman's like, Hey, um, I need every issue from this date back. And they were like, yeah, we can do that. And I was like, <laughs> great, send it. And so <laughs> At some point, I had every article you'd ever written for, and I just went back. Well, that was a good move. But you gambled on yourself, man. Like, you've always bet on yourself. And from the book, I guess, like, one example would be, like, 
well, I guess I'm going to go on this rider's hunt in Texas and I really don't have a pot to piss in, but I'm going to put it on my card because I believe in me and what this could do for what I'm really passionate about. Same with the black, the black tail book. Yeah. Same with, I mean, all this stuff like you've dude, you've kind of gambled money. You didn't have on yourself. Talk to me. Cause I really respect that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, uh, and my wife might have a different take on this because I told her that, that I, you know, if you file bankruptcy, that's only your credit screwed up for only seven years. And it's like, if this doesn't work out, maybe, maybe that's going to be the answer. So I actually planned on, I didn't know if it was going to work. I mean, you say I, I, I bet on myself, which I guess I did, but also I was like, yeah, this, who makes it as a writer? You know what I mean? It's like, it's so unrealistic for somebody like me, but I was like, no, this is my dream. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, uh, part of the sacrifice is working harder. Part of sacrificing is, you know, doing things you don't want to do to work towards a goal. And part of sacrificing is, um, I'm going to take a hit money wise and it doesn't make any sense biz in a, in a business setting. And it might cost, I mean, who knows you, could you lose your house? And so part of that is sacrificing and just saying, I'm just going to have to outwork this problem. I'm going to have to outwork it. So if I'm going to take this risk and I don't want to file bankruptcy and I don't want to lose my house and I don't want to put my family in jeopardy, then I better work my ass off to make sure that doesn't happen. And that's all I've done. So I've taken a lot of risk. I've walked away from, you know, from well, I took risk in business to start with, with books and with hunts and just thinking I could turn this into something. And, you know, you spend $3,000 on an out of state Texas whitetail hunt and you sell, you give an article to Western Bowhunter magazine about the hunt for zero. So what's the payback on zero to $3,000? It's going to take a while. <laughs> so those are the kind of decisions I made, but I'm like, no, there's, I just got to keep grinding. I got to keep grinding. And then it's like, then you get to this position where you're getting opportunities and people start paying attention, just like you did. And then this business part of hunting comes in. And I was just like, I cannot, st I hated the business part of hunting because this is what I love to do. This is what motivates me every day. And now people are trying to like leverage money in it and saying, well, if you do this, we'll do this. Or, um, we need you to shoot this bow and, and cause we're sponsoring a TV show. And that got to a position where I was the host of the rock mountain elk foundation TV show. And PSC wanted me to shoot the, shoot their bow. And I said, I said, no, I mean, I'm shooting a Hoyt and I just don't switch around like that. So, so they instead sponsor the TV show knowing that if I'm going to be the host of the TV show, I have to use a sponsored equipment or the, the company that's sponsoring it. And so then it was like, okay, well you have to, now you have to shoot PSE because they're sponsoring the TV show. And I said, no, I'm not going to. They said, well, you can't be the host of the TV show then. I'm like, okay. So I walk away from, it was probably one of the greatest honors that I had because Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is synonymous with conservation and helping. And, you know, I've read Bugle magazine forever. And then here comes that business thing coming in. And like screwing up my thing because I didn't want to shoot some whatever. And I get it. They're paying money. They, they have to sell bows. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has to sell ads. I get it. Who I'm just some guy. But I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. So I wasn't the host anymore. I, you know, they're paying me 40000 a year 
to go on elk hunts. I said, no, I'm not doing it. Was that smart? No, <laughs> that was retarded. But that's what, so that's sometimes you make those decisions and then, you know, same thing happened just recently with Under Armour. They're offering me more money than I make at my regular nine to five job I've been at for 26 years. And I just said no. So it's like there's, there's things where the business part has screwed up my passion. And it's, I don't know, it's been really hard to navigate. And I don't, I actually don't know what the point to all that I was making other than the passion for the hunt has overridden everything I do. It, it pushes everything I do. And it's, it's who, it's the reason I am who I am. And anybody knows me is like, you're the bow, oh, you're that bow hunter. Not, not any, I don't care about anything else. And so that's, you know, I look around where we're sitting at, we're at Wayne's farm right now, Wayne Indicott, and he's got this cool barn. It's like all this archery relics. And I look at every one of these things sitting, I look at every picture, I look at every magazine, I look at every article he's written, I look at every book on that shelf, and I can tell you something about every single one of these things I'm looking at. Every single thing, I have a connection to it. And that's because bow hunting, bow hunting is, it, it's driven me for 35 years. And it means, it means more than money, it means more than opportunity, it means more than people want to put all these labels on it. You don't get it, because you don't get me. That's as, I mean, if I, so like, that's why I take great pride when people say, oh, you're the bow hunter. Yeah, that's it. I'm the bow hunter. This podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors out of Texas. Numa has been awesome to Elk Shape. They've been very supportive. I love the rain gear. I think it's probably the quietest on the market. Huge fan of the Palisade Puffy Pursuit Pant, Pathfinder Pant. They have merino wool base layers as well as synthetics. Check out Numa Outdoors. Discount code ElkShape20. Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. This is a veteran-owned company. This is one of my favorite partners. Been working with them since 2010. Get yourself some Vortex Optics. 10 by 42s, maybe a 65, 85 millimeter spotter. Angled, in my opinion. Check out the rangefinder line. They got a Razor 4000, a Viper 3000. They have all the options. They work. They stand behind their product. VIP warranty. If you break it, they'll fix it. And they're just a great company. Discount code ELK10 at eurooptic.com. When you buy anything from Vortex, take 10% off. Also, Vortex Wear, Elk Shape will get you 20% off their awesome hunting clothing lineup. Discount code Elk Shape will take 20% off Vortex Wear. That is the clothing I wear when I'm scouting, going on date night, or working out. So check that out. Vortex Optics, great partner. One of the most amazing companies and super proud to work with them. Check them out today. Onyx Hunt Elite Membership, 99 bucks, but... When you enter the discount code ElkShape, it'll take 20% off and you get the best, most reliable, been in the game, the longest hunting app map, period. We're also going to get access to Hunting Fool, Top Rut, Hunt Reminder. And now the Elk Collective Onyx is a partner of mine. They also are the headline sponsor of ElkShape Camp Season 2023, Year 5, brought to you by Onyx. And we're even doing a mini camp for elite members only in Spokane, my hometown. Me and MFJJ are going to put that on. Become a member Come to that camp or come to any camp. Trust me. Download your maps ahead of time. E-scout from a desktop and use Onyx. It's going to elevate your game. Buck Knives out of Post Falls. My neighbor, I drive there to have the factory resharpen my knives prior to every elk season. I use a skinny knife. That 113 is money. I also like a deboning knife. I'm not a scalpel guy. I think those are for poking holes in bear hides, quite honestly. So 
check out Buck Knives. They've been a business for a hundred plus years. And if you want your knife sharpened, you can send them to the factory and they'll sharpen them and send them back to you. Buck Knives, all their products are made here in the U.S. and they make things possible here at Elk Shape. Matthews Archery, Sparta, Wisconsin, continuing to lead from the front with innovation and giving guys like me who aren't the best at archery, allowing us to be pretty darn confident in the field with their equipment. Right now I'm running the V3X29 as my main hunting rig and my backup is the V3X33. Super excited to put that thing to work this fall and I hope you get a chance to check one out soon. Go to a local dealer near you. MagView. This is where you can get rid of your lousy digiscoping case. I'm not going to say other brands, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Those big bulky cases, put them away. MagView, it's all magnets. Keep the phone you have in the case that you already have or put the magnet on the back of your phone and rock and roll. And you can digiscope. It's seamless. It also provides a lens cover for your spotter. And you can even attach it to your binoculars and get some really crispy aero flight footage or that big buck or bull that you want to get footage of. You can now do it in the field. So check out MagView and you can enter the discount code ElkShape. It'll save you a little bit of loot and be on your way. Yeah, we witnessed that today. You know, it was cool to see. I mean, <clears throat> we're in your hometown. No one like likes me in my hometown or whatever, but... <laughs> People were rolling up to you at this track event and yelling out, keep hammering. And it's cool, dude, because I think I've always celebrated the fact that you're a bow hunter and you are like making bow hunting cool the bigger you've grown. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Uh, that gives my son a chance to possibly bow hunt, mm -hmm. which sure. I mean, that's what I want him to do, right? Can't make him, but I mean, I would love for him to bow hunt. And I want everybody else's kids to have an opportunity to bow hunt because bow hunting changed my life. Specifically, elk hunting, bow hunting mm -hmm. elk changed my freaking course mm -hmm. completely. And um, it can do the same for those listening. Talk to me about, and this is, we're going to go into elk tactics, guys, because I got to scratch this itch. And I don't want to keep Cam very long. We've been grinding all day. Dude. There's a formula for me as a public land elk hunter. I'm still just kind of a slappy. Like you're back when you used to like crush the backcountry. Man, that was a long time ago. I don't know if I remember how to do that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just get this out of the way. Any of you buddy listening <laughs> thinks that you are a better if you're better than Cameron at shooting physicality, mentality elk behavior, biology, knowledge, and getting it done. Show me your resume. Send it to me, like like a LinkedIn profile of your elk hunting resume. Cam, you got a hell of an elk hunting resume. I really want to get some information out of you because my listeners want that info too. The more I call, the smaller bull I kill. The less I call, the bigger bull I kill. So if mm -hmm. someone listening is interested in potentially getting a more mature, a more age class that past their prime happens to have more meat on it and possibly grow bigger antlers. Mm -hmm. Should you call? Um, I don't say, I don't make just blanket statements. I have, I mean, I cow called in a giant bull this year. I, I don't bugle though, but generally no, I don't call. And I think that's the best way to kill giant bulls is the, the ultimate test or ultimate um, display of if I've done my job right, I shoot that animal. It has no idea I'm there. It had no, no idea I'm even anywhere I even exist. And all of a sudden an arrow goes to their lungs. They run off 50 yards, pile up dead in seconds. That's 
to me, that's the ultimate test of a bow hunter and bow hunting big bulls. I think that's the best way to, to do it. Are there exceptions? Of course. There's guys who bugle in and kill bulls every once in a while, big bulls. And yeah, um, as I mentioned, I had, I called in, cow called in a bull lot last year and killed it. But by and large, most of my bulls are stocked in, either stock their bugle um, and kill, just shot them. Just shot them before they even knew anything. And so, yeah, I've, I've done it all different ways. But that's my number one tactic, just being a bow hunter. I, th I think that's just being a, a true bow hunter. Yeah, having a wide variety. Um, talk to me about your bubbling in on these elk. <clears throat> so obviously, like, I, Jason Phelps is one of my best homies, Dirk mm -hmm. Jeremy. Love, and I don't sound like them. But, I mean, I still locate bugle, especially at night. I got to do some creative things yeah. to find elk. Mm -hmm. But let's get past all that, guys. Let's talk about spending time as close as possible to elk as long as possible because good shit happens yeah. when you do that mm -hmm. when you're doing like when you were when you're in utah last year mm -hmm. if you take you back to the bull you killed there like are you spending an incredible amount of time with the wind in your favor but pretty darn close to them like how do you hang out close to elk without getting busted what's that nuance look like um to me, I, I'm always playing each situation. It's, it's unique. You know, I, I, can't, I can never say it's always this, always that. So if the wind is squirrely, I'm not gonna push it like if the wind is steady. If the wind is steady and hard, I'll get right in on top of them, just sit there. If I can see a cow, I'll just get in close to her, sit there knowing the wind's holding steady. If it's switching around a little bit, I'll get in a position where I don't feel like even if it switches, I'm going to give myself up and then see what happens. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. There's, you know, that paid off in, in Oregon last year. I didn't know there was a bull anywhere. Had never, hadn't seen a bull, hadn't heard a bull, but I saw, I think it was five cows and a spike, little spike in there. So it was getting dark, super dark, or I mean, not super dark, but getting, you know, down shooting light pretty quick. And I'm like, well, I told Kevin Akers who I was hunting with, he's, you know, just a buddy. Uh, he loves to call, but I'm, he's always like, hey, you want me to try to rake this bull or, or do you want me to call or you want me to do this? And I, you know, cause he loves to call and I, I love having him. So it's like, but generally I'll say, no, I'll just let me go see what I can do. And so I did that and I said, I'm just gonna sneak in and see what shows up at dark. Hadn't seen anything, hadn't heard it. Like I said, it's just like no, no clue. There's a bull there, so I sneak in. I'm about 50 yards from a cow, and uh, the other elk are about maybe between 70 and 80 away, feeding on blackberries. So they like blackberries down there. It's on the on the like southern Oregon coast, kind of. And uh, blackberries were in, so you can either maybe kill a bear or a or a elk that'll eat those blackberries. Well sitting there and it's getting pretty darn close to shooting light. And, uh, I was watching this cow to the left, a new cow kind of showed up coming through the timber. I'm like, God, that'd be nice if there's a bull behind her. No, no bull, but she was kind of had me pinned down a little bit cause she was a little higher on the ridge and was looking down where I had to, had a little bit of the terrain block and the cow is 50 yards from, but she came in higher. And so she's looking straight down on me and I'm like, Oh my God, come on, just relax. And I look back over to my right and I hadn't heard anything, but I look and there's this giant bull had stepped out of the timber.
And I was just like, oh my God. And I couldn't really tell because it's like it, he, it was dark timber and he was right on the edge of it. And I'm like, oh, let me, it's a ways out there, but let me look. So I look and I see this like extra brow tine coming off and I see the seventh point coming off on the right side. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a big, looks like a big bull, dark horned. And uh, I'm like, well, he's ways out there, but let me just pull my bow back to see how it feels. Just probably not going to shoot. Just see how it feels. So I pull it back. It felt like a, I was a hooter shooter. It felt like <laughs> I was locked in. So I'm like, you know, when you feel that good and that pin is just locked on the money, you send it, son. <laughs> so I shot, and uh, the arrow looked a little back, and it it seemed like it didn't get full penetration, but. It all happened pretty fast, but it like hit hard. And uh, I go back to Kevin. I was hoping he was watching the binoculars, but he didn't even know. I, he couldn't even see me. So it's like, I don't, and uh, he didn't know where I was. He saw that bull step out though. And then he's like, I thought it was, thought it was back and in a good height. And I'm like, then you get, you know, you don't want to hear that. Even though I had, had that thought in my head, I'm like, oh, it wasn't bad. You know, you get kind of a little defensive. You're like, don't tell me I'm making a bad shot. And, but I knew it was fell back, but you try to trick yourself into every shot's perfect. And people do this all the time. Mentally, they, they make the shot what they want it to be, not what it is. So I was, you know, nervous about it and, uh, but it was going to be hot that night. And so i I thought, well, let's back out. I'm not going to even take one step that way and let's give it two hours. Cause if I got liver, that bull's going to be dead. And I didn't want to wait till morning because I was worried about the meat. And, uh, we backed out, came back at like, you know, 10 30 or 11 or something like that. And I went back down there and found where the, the bull was 70 yards. He's piled up dead. And, uh, you know, biggest Roosevelt bull I've ever even seen. And a giant, God, what is he? Nine by seven. Just, I, I couldn't even dream of a bull this big. And then that's what he was. So I think that took me, you killed it pretty early. Didn't, like, was it August or September? Seemed like season opened late last year. So I can't 31st or maybe September 2nd. I don't know, but it's my first hunt of the year. So it's I early. It. I just don't remember. I was hunting, so I didn't see it. Yeah. So somehow I saw it later and I'm like, this is an old picture. Like when did Cam kill mm -hmm. this? And now that I've been like to your man cave a few times, mm -hmm. that's my favorite bull you've killed. I know you've killed yeah. bigger, yeah. but it's just something about that bull. Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's legendary. I mean, for a Roosevelt elk hunter, you just, I've never seen one like that. And probably most, most Roosevelt elk hunters never will. And it's just one of those bulls that it's, it's, you know, people say dream bull all the time. Mm -hmm. This is a, a true dream bull. And who knows whether I deserve to kill a bull like this, but I put myself in position being close to that herd. As you mentioned, the wind was good. And I, I felt, you know, might as well, even though I had no reason to, and I had to crawl through blackberries and whatever, just on a hope and a prayer, something might happen. And that's generally what has made the, made the biggest impact on whether I'm going to be successful or not 
is just always err on the side of work, doing more, working harder, taking advantage, just like in life, of every minute of the hunt. And uh, it, it paid off. And it's just like, does it make me a great hunter? But it makes me, uh, I try to be strategic. And it was good strategy. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, all right, I want to jam through. I don't want to take much of your time, so I'm going to jam through some of these questions. Maybe they're not C, C plus. Maybe they're B minus. A um, lot of questions on your fitness, nutrition, recovery. I feel like go listen to a podcast to get those answers, but I'll, I'll ask a few, man. Um, number one, who is your masseuse? How many times a week? Twice a week, and it's uh, – Jason Sears and uh, his wife, Erin. So they are the best in the business. And they come to my house. Erin uh, comes on Friday. Jason comes on Tuesday. Have you ever measured how many calories you take in a day? Like, because like you're worried about, I'm getting enough fuel. No, I don't do any of those metrics. I don't wear like that cool watch you have. I never wear one. <laughs> I never do the... I don't know. I mean, I do my phones just to get a rough idea of how many miles. I don't care if it's exact. I just need to know, did I get, you know, at least 20 miles, but I don't track food at all. When did lift run shoot originate? Like what's the origin? It can be a story or just a short answer, but when did that shit start? Oh, lift run shoot. I think, uh, Kip was at Under Armour and he said, he said, you need to, he was concerned. Or I don't know about concerned, but he's just being a friend. But he's like, all the money you earn, you have to actually earn. You're, you're working and you have to work for every dime. He's like, you can't do that forever. He goes, you need to make money when you're not working. He goes, you need apparel. He goes, you can sell shit while you're sleeping. And he goes, I'll help you. He goes, I'll have my guys design six shirts and then you sell them. I'll send you the designs and um, we'll, we'll see if you can make some, you know, what I guess people would call it passive income. So he made those six designs and, you know, one of them was lift, run, shoot, because that's what I've been saying for years or whatever. And um, then there was sacrifice reward. There was train hard, hunt easy. Uh, keep hammering wasn't in there yet, but so I had a few of them and that was his doing coming up with trying to help me make money when I wasn't, you know, busting my balls. Hey Kip, can you come over to my house and help me make money? <laughs> That'd be cool. He's so good at business. I'm not. It's like, he's so good at business, but he's also one who takes a lot of risk and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it does work, it blows up when it doesn't, he's just like, doesn't get married to it. He's just like, uh, it's the way it goes. We was really hoping this would work, but it didn't. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. Does Cam take peptides? Does Dan take TRT? I don't know what either one of those are. <laughs> Pept, I, what are peptides? I have to I've heard that. I've Like Joe Rogan would know. He'd be like, oh, it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Is it a precursor pre-hormone? Is it something to do with like regeneration? I don't. Well, I know okay. what TRT is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what... I mean, what's a 
precursor. I don't know what that means. Like a pre-hormone, like it kind of like if you take this, it'll build you, get you up to like. Does that even work? Because I remember I was like years ago, 2011, I was sponsored by Complete Nutrition and they had something like, it was marketed as, uh, well, so there, there's stuff that. Oh, young Jamie, young Tim. Peptides are a short chain of amino acids linked by peptide bonds. Chains are fewer than 20. What do they do, though? Give me, um, that's cool what they are. Benefits your structural, I, can you find out what they actually do? But yeah, like, like were you taking Nor 19 when it was, uh, Complete Nutrition had a Nor 19, which is a, I think it's a, a pro-hormone that, should increase your testosterone levels. That's what they said it'd do. They said it it was is billed as um, as uh, enhancing natural testosterone. And then they had another thing that said this was I I can't remember how it was like um like uh was it additional or no? What do they what would they call it? Like not, not enhance it, but it's like more testosterone but anyway you know how many things at gnc say that like everybody wants to say that you know oh, this is like this is legal steroids right whatever that means so i did this video it's still up on my thing and it said yeah i'm taking this from complete nutrition it's you know whatever it's over the counter i feel good it's just like whatever they were they were a sponsor it's fine i did feel good yeah. i didn't you know whatever um and then so I, this one guy wrote this article says Cameron Haynes admits to taking steroids. And I'm like, what? What are you? So I sent them. A, I said, what are you talking about? I said, this shit you can buy it at Complete Nutrition. What are you talking about? There's millions of things on that they sell that say whatever. Increase your t what I think there still is now. Did it work? I have no idea. Did I feel good? Yeah. I never got tested at that time. I never got any. Um, Wilderness Athlete discount code ElkShape2022 takes 30% off your first purchase. Get a bundle of Hydrate, Recover, Energy, and Focus. The greens, you got to have those greens. You're not eating enough vegetables unless you're eating 10 salads a day. Backfill with a good multivitamin, some fish oil. Check out their entire lineup of meal replacements, protein powders, all in the name of Better Elk Hunting. This is not a marketing company. This is an actual supplement company. Quality brand. I've been with them since 2006. Great company. I stand behind them. I want you to as well. Spy Point's got that new flex trail camera, man. Dual SIM. You can get transmissions regardless of the cell phone provider in your area. If it's AT&T or Verizon Tower, doesn't matter. It's going to send it to you. And the transmission plans are just that. It's all included. You don't have to have a cell phone or a monthly fee. You just download the SpyPoint app and start getting your images. They also have a bunch of affordable trail cameras that are not cellular. So where legal, utilize the app, pair it with their trail cameras, and you are good to go. I love trail cameras. They give me all the little information I'm looking for on animal behavior, animal densities, inventory on big bucks, big bulls, how many predators are in the area, and hopefully some sort of pattern that I can take advantage of as a bow hunter. Check out SpyPoint today. Kifar International, I'm a hoodlum through and through kind of guy for elk season, but I do have the hellbender. Love that for throwing trail cameras in or packing out elk. I keep the hellbender at the truck for when I, hopefully I get a big bull down. I can go pack it out with that. I can pack and will pack an elk out with the hoodlum. They also have an awesome lineup. The checkpoint bag is my laptop bag where I put all my camera gear when I travel. And they also have stuff for you whitetail guys like the Shape Charge. Check out Kifar International. They're a huge partner of Elk Shapes and they've supported us for several years and I still think they make the best friends 
frame in the entire universe. Crispy Boots, Crispy Hunting, Crispy USA, everything starts from the ground up. So pair your Crispies with some sheep feet. I have a discount code ElkShape takes 10% off sheep feet. Crispy Boots, buy them at Black Ovis or anything else. Discount code ElkShape takes 10% off. I am rocking the Laponia 2 and the new Colorados. And those are my one-two punch for elk hunting. Vacu e-bikes, made for hunters by hunters. Discount code ElkShape takes $300 off your first bike. Take that money and buy yourself a backup battery or a trailer so you can haul that precious elk meat out. Vacu e-bikes out of Utah. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Coffee is life. I'm drinking coffee right now as I record this. Elk Shape is the discount code 15% off the coffee club of the month. So you pick which coffee arrives to your doorstep and you decide how much coffee arrives to your doorstep. And you can also use that discount code if you want to pick up some BRCC swag, a coffee mug, or bags of coffee for presents. Whatever. It's a one-time use. Discount code Elk Shape 15% off. Smokewood. Fatty meat sticks. We are adding these to our arsenal of elk hunting. This is the most delicious meat stick in the entire world. My buddy Ryan, he founded Under Armour with the boys back in the day. He started this company. He wanted to make something that was sourced locally. So grass-fed beef, raised without antibiotics, no sugar, gluten-free, no nitrates added, no MSG added, like super clean, pure protein. I usually pack three or four sticks in my hunting pack. It's 20 grams per. It tastes awesome. It's Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Check out the 3.0s. That's what we're rocking. Link in the show notes will get you a discount, 10% off your online purchase. Fatty meat sticks, they're awesome. Like my- uh, No labs. Blood level. Yeah, yeah like a testosterone level or liver function or any of that stuff tested. Now I do. Because I just want to make sure that I'm not like- depleted or low on things i'm pushing super hard and sometimes you think that god i feel sluggish or i feel whatever and it's like man is my is my shit off so i get tested just to know that i'm in the normal range and that's it i'm in the normal range and it's like so if that to me that eliminates a mental hurdle that i could that i could create saying i bet i'm low low on test i bet i'm low low t or whatever and this is why i'm struggling so now i I get tested like every few months just to be like, no, you're just being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I but no, that. I don't, I don't know about the peptide. I don't know all that. So, you know? Yeah. I don't know the peptide stuff. I do know the TRT. I plan on doing that at some point yeah. in my life. I don't think I'm close yet. My, uh, my dad, def- dad uh, my dad, he's a stud. He's been doing TRT for at least 10 years and he's 66. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's cool for anti-aging and we'll see how it goes long-term, but like, dude, I, not yet, but I appreciate the compliment. If you think I am, yeah. that's cool. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm like, if to get you back to normal, if you have to do that, that's why wouldn't you? Yeah. Great. <laughs> I mean, you like feeling like a man? It kind of, yeah. I, I, I think most men do. So I think it's great, but people always ask me all the time about that. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor go talk to your doctor get tested what do you i don't know anything about you well don't ask me just if you have a medical question you want to know where your testosterone level is go get it checked sounds pretty easy there's not a lot to talk about no so if you're low they'll give you some options if you're not sack up you were being a baby yeah so yeah okay at mile marker well god because you're a psycho let's let's do a couple different scenarios Mile marker 75 of an ultra. Mile marker 180 of the Bigfoot 205. Mm-hmm. You get the gist. Dude, like the last push of your ultras. What's going on in your dome? Usually it's how much it hurts. So you're trying to 
push through that. But those long ultras, just like life is some days it seems unbearable. Sometimes some days you have great days. That's how a race is. There's times when I feel like I can't walk another step. And then two hours later, I'm running pain free, feel great. So it's like, you just have to ride out those low spots, appreciate the high spots or where you're feeling good. And you just know, I think you need to know in your head that this is going to suck. You better be prepared for it. And when it does, then you're not surprised. You're like, nope, I anticipated this and I'm good. And I know if I keep pushing, I'm probably going to be feeling better later. So it's just, it's just that it's uh, it sounds really simple, but man, that, you know, life is suffering. Life is pain. Those long races are, uh, are a snapshot of life in and of itself and you're just it's gonna hurt but if you want that big reward you push through it and it's gonna be a life-changing experience but if you quit it could also be life-defining in another way and something that haunts you so i just push are you ever surprised or maybe you're just callous to this how concerned people are about the little bit of sleep you get compounded with the fact that most days you run a marathon. Mm -hmm. Do you ever just be like, like, have you ever hit it like your end where you're like, I just don't understand why people are so concerned for me mm -hmm. or worried about me? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, being a human is very complicated. Our brains are, it's, they're incredible but they're also can be our worst enemy. So sometimes people ask that because they want to justify to themselves why they can't do this or accomplish that because, you know, I'm going to get dementia at a young age because I've sacrificed sleep. And so they want to tell me about it. I'm like, what the f does it have to do with you? You know, but it, it, all it is, is they're in some ways justifying what they're not willing to push through or sacrifice by saying they care about sleep or they they're going to be present for their family or they're they're going to it's just like all these weird things that ha really has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with them and it just it comes out in in some weird commentary and I know how it works I've I've been I'm old as hell so I've been around a long time and I've heard a lot of nonsense and I know what it is it's just it's a it's self-reflection and uh, it's maybe they have some regret. It's maybe they haven't achieved what they wanted. So they want to, they want to, you know, give themselves an excuse. Do you ever think there should be a week where like, maybe you just do this. I, I don't want to do it, but like where you just like go out of your way to like send people direct messages about their content and just ask. Yeah, like I do that should, all the time. You do. Yeah. I do that all the time. I, I tell people that what the, they shouldn't post what they posted. <laughs> because it made me feel sad. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get, I, I have no idea. Like I said, I try to give them a pass by saying, yeah, we're a complicated species. Our brain is, there's a lot going on up there. That's, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but also it's a, uh, it's, it can be painstaking. I, it, and for them, it probably sucks, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't, really interject myself into other people's lives. That's cool. I, I appreciate, please continue on not doing that. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about haters and the betas. And I mean, there you have your, you got a laundry list of people that don't like you or for whatever reason, I understand that. Um, the one thing that I've heard you say 
that um, I took note of is that you said, and you weren't talking to me. You said you never forget <laughs> if somebody says something. I mean, you you don't acknowledge it, but you don't forget. Right. I like that. I'm stealing that. Is that yeah. cool? That's not yeah. copywritten. No, that's good. I, I'll never forget what you said. I'll never. If you said something about me, it's I'm not gonna. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna think about it every day. I'm not gonna obsess about it. And you're probably, you know, people are wishy washy and they change this or that, and that's fine. But <clears throat> I'll never forget the stupid you said. So don't expect me to. Yeah, man. So like, chip on your shoulder can be an incredible gift for motivation, for continuity. Um, dude, why, why have you had, why you got a chip on your shoulder? I can tell you do like, no matter what, like even how your life is going pretty well, mm -hmm. there's a chip on your shoulder. Like you're out to prove people like, um, can you bottle that up and pass that out and sell? I feel like that's <laughs> the most powerful fuel. Um, have you ever gotten to a point where you don't have a chip on your shoulder anymore? No, I mean, I don't, part of it is, uh, yeah, I mean, I know I've had a lot of criticism, which is par for the course. When you, you know, you put yourself out there, you're, you're going to get criticized that the only other option is don't put yourself out there. So, you know, I signed up for this deal and I get it. Um, but that, that chip on my shoulder, I like feeling disrespected. I like feeling, uh, I like when, you know, the New York Times list put me on it, but didn't put me at number one. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, f you're number seven. I should have been number one. So that's a chip on my shoulder. I'm not, I'm never satisfied. Is it, uh, is that a weakness of character? Some would say, um, because it might, it might impact. I feel happy, but maybe there's times where maybe being content is okay. To me, I never want to feel content because if I feel content, I feel like I'm not going to push like I do. So I like feeling, um, as I said, disrespected. I like feeling ignored. I like feeling uh, minimized. And in my head, I'm like, I'll make you pay. You will regret that. And that's, that's what I... I I cherish life and I'm grateful for life, but, um, I just, I operate better when I feel like a, I'm overcoming and I have doubted. I operate better in that. So I love it. Keep it coming. How many, how many hours of sleep do you get on average? Okay. They want to know what, like, what do you get? Like, I'll go first. Like I bet I get 5.5 to six. That's me. Um, I would love to get eight, but man, especially, I don't know, maybe in the winter a little bit when there's less sunlight, but if there's light out, I'm out. Um, what, what do you think you're getting? God, do we really want to do this? But not really. I mean, I don't really give a shit to be honest, how much you stone or do sleep. Yeah. I, to, uh, to be honest, I'll just tell you, I, when I am sleeping, I feel like I'm wasting time. So when I feel, when I wake up at two and I'll have my alarm set, my alarm never goes off. But, um, like today I was so excited for today. I couldn't sleep last night. I'm like, this is what I love to do. So anytime I have something to look forward to, 
And even if I don't, if I wake up just in the middle of the night and it's two, I'm like, I don't be at work till seven. I could just lay here and accomplish nothing. Or I could get out and get in miles and run by all these houses with all these people not doing shit. And I'd be like, I got an advantage on you. Yeah, you're going to be more well-rested. Who gives a So I get up and I, I run. Yeah, Cam, you're... you're um you're not like other people. No, sure. I, I, that's the last thing I want to be is because I see there's a few people I do uh, respect and look Let's up to it. and I'd like to be like them. And those are the elites of the elites. That's who I try to emulate. These like the athletes we just watched, the people like Goggins who have just this a lot of demons, but also just this unbreakable mindset. Um, I like people who put themselves in position to become undeniable at what they do. It's like, you might not like me. You might not want to say anything, but you cannot deny the work I put in and the results that show for it. You can say whatever the f you want, but I want to be undeniable. And so I follow, I, that's people. Um, you would be a person like that. You are undeniable in your success. You your passion is out cunning. You put bulls on the ground. Say whatever the f you want about it. Say, say, well, you kill too many. You this or that, or you're, you know, whatever. You should be taller. F you. <laughs> f you. There's bulls on the ground. Say whatever you want. You can say what, you can judge me however you want, but you're undeniable in your passion. That I respect that. Hey, Dan Staten with Elk Shape. I want to talk to you about Elk Shape Camp. 2023 five locations but first i started elk hunting about 20 years ago and i spent about five minutes with a rifle and i had success then i switched to a bow and it took me five seasons to finally punch that archery elk tag that learning curve albeit long i wouldn't trade it for the world because it changed my life and i want to accelerate your elk hunting learning curve and i want you to leverage elk hunting to create the best possible version of yourself so whether you're a brand new elk hunter or maybe you've had some success, but not consistent success. Come rub elbows with me and my entire squad. My army of subject matter experts are amazing people. We're going to elevate your game and help create a blueprint so that you not only find success in the mountains, but outside the mountains. Check out the website elkshape.com to learn more. I hope to meet many of you in 2023 Elk Shape Camps. In the meantime, stay on your grind. Appreciate that, man. Um, speaking of undeniable, you're really good at running. Should you slow down on the running and expose other weaknesses? For example, should you come over to my house <laughs> and do a bunch of uh, flailing fish out of water, pull up thruster things, CrossFit? Um, no, I'm being for real now. Um, here's how I'm like phrasing this question. Cam, like what are your chinks in your armor? Like if, if I think you're really good at running, but obviously you compete at running, so you need to run. Like you, you, you got a hundred mile race at the end of the month that I yeah. wish I could go watch. Mm -hmm. And we should say like that run has never been done before. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that, but like you told me which range you're going into in Montana, mm -hmm. and holy smokes, man! Like you love pain, but like, what's the chinks in your armor? Like for me, I guess I could share a few. Apparently it's running past 15 miles. I hit a wall today at 15. <laughs> um, 
I'm really not that good at archery. Like people, like these two a-holes, uh, they like to like take down Dan on YouTube and people think I'm really good at archery and I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. I just, I'm, I just try hard at yeah. bow hunting. Yeah. So I have to work on archery a lot. I have mm -hmm. to shoot every day. I have to shoot year round. I'm constantly tinkering. So maybe I need to run more. Um, I'm pretty strong pound for pound. I'm like, I have some like pretty good explosive power and all that stuff, but like, I think my feather, my cap is like, I'm so damn consistent and disciplined mm -hmm. that if I, um, and I'm just paranoid that if I don't continue to stay disciplined, I won't have the mindset that I have in the mountains, which is limitless. I feel like, like today when you're like, what's the first mountain we hit? Spencer's Spencer's. Yeah. And you were like, Hey, there's Pisco over there. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, honestly, I wasn't scared because I've gone that far elk hunting because yeah. I've seen elk over there. I'm going to yeah. get to them. Mm -hmm. I love being limitless in the mountains. So let's shine the spotlight on you, dude. What, what's, you got holes in your game? Like, what are you concerned with? With regard to elk hunting? Whatever. Or? Like training, like elk hunting, archery. I, I don't know. What, what's your weakness that you need to work on? Uh, you know, uh, God, I could be more compassionate. Um, I could be less selfish. Um, I could be more patient. Um, uh, I'm pretty tunnel vision and there's times when I second guess uh, my sacrifices and wonder, has it been for a just cause? And um, that, that in the back of my mind, that haunts me sometimes. You know, I've, I've second guessed whether I've been the best dad or husband, um, putting my own goals in front of being home. So, you know, there's times when I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what it all means. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I have, you know, I, I just wonder sometimes if I'm going to have regrets. Damn. I feel that, you know what I mean? I, <clears throat> that I struggle with that stuff, but I wouldn't put those as chinks on my armor. I would put those as if I didn't question or like at least take a step back. Cause you know, you, there's some downtime when you're elk hunting. It's not like bugle fest all day, every day. So, and I know you've hunted solo for so long, no matter what dude, like there's enough time to reflect when you're hunting mm -hmm. and you hunt a lot. I hunt a lot. To where you're you're gonna second guess. You're gonna have some doubt in like your life decisions. Like, mm -hmm. man, I could like be jonesing to throw my son a ball as many times as I can with the last 15 minutes of daylight. That is not on my radar. Mm -hmm. That is 15 minutes. And if I get my little scooter out, I can shoot like four or five sets, you know, of arrows. That's how I I I'm not gonna apologize for that. Like I'm just I'm definitely obsessed of driven. And you are certainly that 10x, which is what's gotten you. So mobility, like I think your nutrition, 
it's got to be something that's talked about. Like you've really changed your nutrition and you're like experimenting. And it sounds like you're onto something to the point where like um, you've bent my ear a little bit on the run today where I'm really interested. So maybe we'll like kind of wrap it up and talk a little bit about your performance nutrition um, because you said something today and you're like, well, I'll let you say it again. But <laughs> basically you are waking up feeling better than you have before mm -hmm. you feel like your inflammation has decreased yeah and you feel like you're not like walking downstairs and like starving and you know your appetite is suppressed but like you're you're not craving sugar which is the biggest drug on planet earth and you're getting tremendous was tremendous performance and results based on a nutrition plan that i honestly like haven't really put a lot of thought into, honestly. Mm. I've, I've heard about people doing this, but you're doing it. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, so for the last six weeks, I've been um, pretty much, I don't I guess people would call it keto, but it's been, or carnivore diet, but meat, fats, a little bit of fruit. So four weeks of hard reset with no carbs at all. And then last couple of weeks, uh, integrating um, some fruits as carbs. And I've been following... So Mike McKnight is one of the most successful endurance athletes in the world. He won all the 200 milers last year. And, um, this is, he's a low carb runner on Instagram. And so he's run, he caught my attention, but just by crushing those two hundreds against great runners. I mean, he, these, the top tier of these endurance athletes running 200 miles is, would make your head spin. These, these people, you know, Courtney's and Courtney's one of them would just, it's just, it's amazing what they can do. So he's done that. And then he also ran a hundred miles without one calorie. He ran a hundred miles in 18 hours without consuming one calorie, just burning fat. And I'm like, okay, what is going on with this guy? So he came and paced me last year in Utah. I ran the Antelope Island 100 and I, actually tied my best time ever, but I was not, not on this keto diet, but I had, I was talking to him and he's, you know, been on my radar a while. And then, so just kind of thinking about it more and more and more and thinking about this fuel thing and like packing calories and carbs for fuel, as opposed to using what your body has. So if, you know, the example I gave you, if I weigh 170 pounds and I have 10% body fat, that's 17 pounds of fuel. If I can burn that fat. You can't pack 17 pounds of carbs in the mountains, or you can, but I mean, you're not going to be very efficient, right? That's a lot of fuel. So I thought, well, God, for hunting and running and performance, I think I, I need to try to be fat adapted. So I've done this. And when I did it, like when I come down the stairs in the morning, I can tell right away how good a day this is going to be. If I can barely, I had to go sideways because my ankles won't bend coming down that'll that's, be me tomorrow that's well maybe so but that's how i used to have to come down the stairs almost every single morning and now i come down you know like a 10 year old boy you know who has perfect joints and just boop, 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 quick and that's how i feel every morning and i'm like well god this is weird I, I my joints have never felt better and um you know it wasn't just a cold tub because i'd been doing that even with the other diet so it was this diet specifically and it was these carbs and these sugars had just changed changed my body and it changed the pain and inflammation it changed how my joints work because when they're not inflamed they work like they're supposed to 
And um, so what I've been doing is like, we'll do that run today, 21 miles. And I'm also trying to adapt my body to not having fluids. So we did that. I don't know how long it took us. I mean, it took a little while. Um, Cause it's like, I think, you know, a few thousand feet of climbing also, but I didn't have one calorie or any water in hours of effort and felt fine. Never felt normally on a run like that. If I was just carb fueled, I'd definitely be like your wall at 15 miles. Yep. That would have been me because that's normal. When you burn through all your carbs and your blood sugars are, you know, it's, that's all changed because you've used everything. Well, you're depleted and you can't perform. So it's, it's perfectly normal. That's what that the bonking in a marathon at mile 20, you know, that's the wall people talk about because they, those carbs are gone. Their fuel's gone. Yep. So how the hell do you expect to run? So when I change this to burning fat, I'm like, I have unlimited energy. I have uh, my fuel, my fuel never runs out. It feels like not, you know, that's going to, ha- I'll reach that point in the hundred miler, but I've done, you know, just a good effort today. Last weekend I did, you know, 27 miles one day and 18 miles the next day and felt fine. So it's uh, on hard efforts. So will this, will this be your first ultra that you do? Like the one in the crazies, will this be the first one that you do completely fat adapted? Yeah. So yep. do you, is your game plan changed at all as far as like, like, well, do, is it okay to eat like some trail mix or some handful of nuts? No. So what you want to do is it, essentially you want to get your body used to two fuel sources. Okay. So right now yours only burns carbs. Yeah. I'm a glycogen and like I'm a glycogen depleting and then onto like some sort of whatever it is, gluconeogenesis. Right. I, that's what I need to have happen for me to, to like feel good and perform. So the, the strategy with this is you, you do the hard reset and then your body's just burning fat. Then you slowly incorporate carbs again, say 75 grams for I think a couple weeks and then 10 days before the race. So your body's used to burning carbs again and burning fat. So it's like these last couple of weeks I've been doing both and feel good and have way more energy. At first when I was just getting used to fat, it was like, that's a slow burning fuel. It's like, you don't have that pop. Then I had a little bit of both in for the last couple of weeks. And now 10 days before the race, you pull all the carbs back out and you go back. You got your body used to burning both, but you go back to being very disciplined, only meats, and uh, maybe some vegetables like broccoli and, and fat, MCT oil, things like that, and take the carbs back out. But your body's used to it enough so I can, on race day on the 29th, I can have both. So I'm going to have two fuel sources. So I'm going to have my fat. My body's going to be used to burning fat. And I'm going to have the external fuel source with the carbs. And then what happens is carbs have more of an impact right. than they did. right. Because it's, it's just more of a valued fuel, fuel source. But your body also doesn't need it, per se. The, the thing is, carbs, it, your body definitely needs more salt when you pull those carbs out. So uh, you have to be very cognizant of the, you know, and I do this with hunting too, because a lot of guys get depleted on salt. And that, that messes with your mind and, and your body performance and everything else. Got, hunters don't understand that, that salt tabs are actually S caps is what they're called. Um, 
can be a, a huge enhancement. So um, pulling all carbs out changes the salt. You need a lot more salt. And so I do that. And it's, it's just, you know, got me more just smarter on my diet. So will you probably like at some point debrief your followers on how it went after that hundred and like what you, you know, what you learned about how your body performed or yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I find it very fascinating. Yeah. Mike was asking how come I haven't really posted about it. You know, he goes, are you trying to keep it, you know, on the down low or what, what, what are you thinking? Or you just don't want to deal with the haters. Cause he, he it's it's weird. People hate. I don't even know why. I mean, but whatever people hate on a diet. Oh yeah. So he's a low carb runner. People tell him what he's doing is stupid. And it's like, so did he not just win all the 200? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. It's like, wait, it's that whole thing with it's the some, results. It's trying to justify. Yeah. Undeniable. He's undeniable. undeniable. You can say whatever the you want about his diet, but, um, so I will, but I'm, I don't like making these big announcements when I have nothing. I haven't done anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I feel great in training. That doesn't really mean shit. let's see how I perform. And then I'll say, okay, here's what I did. Here's what happened. If I go into the race and I the bed, then I'll be like, well, that didn't work. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to, you know, hundred miles, especially in that country, anything can happen. But if I do what I'm capable of doing and my body reacts the way I believe it will, I think I'm going to have a good race and then I'll tell people what I learned and, and what happened. That's cool, man. Homeboys, I'm done. Do you have anything you want? This is it. You got anything you want to ask Cam while you got him here? This is, I'm talking to him, producer Tim and Jacob Webb. Step up to the mic, dog. Step up to this thing. Send it. Skirt. Um, so one question that I wanted to ask you was how long, obviously like it's still something that is never going to go away, but how long like mentally was the struggle when you lost Roy? Like how long did that like really like eat at you? I don't know that it, it doesn't still, I mean, I don't, I don't think it, I don't know. I mean, I guess time helps, but that pain never goes away. You know, the, the hunts, the experiences, all the things are still cherished and I still love them. And it's just still, it's what I do. It's not the same. It's not the same. Be able to never have a hunt with them. Be able to, even if he wasn't there to, to share with him what happened, it's not the same. It's not as good. And I don't, I don't see it ever being back to the way it was. So that's, that's one of the hardest lessons I've learned in life is that there's going to be heartbreak and you might not get over it all the way. And that's just the way it's going to go. But, you know, we, we have to forge on, we have to, we can't quit. We can't wallow in it. We can't, it's going to be there, but we have to be an example that say this, this guy went through some shit and he's still getting it done. So we have to, you know, we have to, we have to set the example for others. Yeah, definitely. So there's like a little bit we talked about today with my um, little brother who um, is no longer here and being able to go on hunts and have those memories. Um, 
like they always live on mm-hmm. and you always think about them. Um, are you ever on a hunt solo and you can like feel like Roy is still with you? Definitely on that one where I hit that buck the night he died and we couldn't find it. Um, that's what I call Roy's buck. Uh, definitely on that one. I feel like he was wanted to help turn that pain into something positive. And I feel like he was there. Um, Aside from that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I honor, honor him with my Fletch with, there's a tattoo that showed our last hunt. There's things that I feel like I just need to, to, um, live my life the best I can to honor, um, what we shared and that was the bow hunting mountains and the passion for the bow hunt. And I'm like, it's, it's my responsibility just to keep that going. And I try to hunt in a way that if Roy was there, he'd be like, did a good job. Yeah. It's one of the things that with my little brother is he's kind of like that little, you know, angel Mm -hmm. on my shoulder that since he was my little brother, obviously I picked on him a little bit. Yeah. But when I'm with Dan and I'm in the woods and there's that little voice, you know, telling me, Hey, don't be a and like keep up Yeah. or, you know, go harder or keep pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. It, that's who is talking to me personally. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have that mm-hmm. and it just forces me to keep pushing harder and harder in the mountains. Yeah. And I, I mean, we did have that discussion. I am, you know, so sorry that you lost your brother. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that pain. And, uh, all we can do is, like I said, um, do the best we can to honor their memory. And, you know, if, if you went down a negative road because of that, then that would be two losses. You know, you lost your brother. That's terrible. The worst tragedy, tragedy ever. But if somehow your life wasn't was it meant to be because of that negative impact on you, then there'd be two sacrifices. And so your success can somehow um, honor that pain and that memory and, and honor your brother. So I, I, I uh, have great respect for, for you and the way you're carrying on. Yep. I love today was like a box checked for me. I've never ran that far. Mm -hmm. And like, that was definitely like a mental leap into like what I can do. And I would thank you for that. And thanks for pushing us that hard. Like that was amazing to do that today. So thanks a lot. Well, I mean, I, I want to say before we wrap up here, Dan, you have, you know, you have an amazing team, these guys' attitude and their willingness to do, do whatever and have a great attitude about it and be, and also I've been with a lot of people who are be like, yeah, I'll do it, but whatever sucks. These guys acted like great. I mean, interjecting ideas, um, positive, you know, no mountain was too high, literally, uh, whatever it takes, whatever, whatever we need to do, you know, you would say what you wanted to see and they would just do it. 
And it's just like, there's never any energy that would derail that. It was always a, a positive going in the right direction. And that's not, that's very rare. So you guys make a great team. Um, I, I'm so impressed with how the effort you put forth and, um, this is what I, this is what I love about the hunting industry. If you could call this part of an industry, I call it more like a friendship and then people working to, to create something special. So, um, I guess other people might lump it in as an industry, but this is what, you know, I talked about shit that I hate. This is what I love. These are the, you guys are the people that I love and the people I love spending time with and, and having the opportunity to impact each other. So thank you. I got nothing. I just want to say, Cameron, you were a real one from the start. And it was fun that you wanted to support what we wanted to try to do and have a great day. And uh, it was a great day, man. It's cool sharing hard work with like-minded peers and uh, what you're doing is special. And we appreciate you, man. It's been a, it's been a really fun day. Oh, good. Well, we want to we want to make an impact, get you guys good content, get people to, you know, you offer so many great things. So if this can get more eyes on it because, you know, we do something cool, then that's a win. That's what I wanted. And a little behind the scenes, it is a shit show rodeo trying to follow you around <laughs> and film you. And it's not as cool as the video is going to look, but we're going to make something <laughs> awesome. And uh, man, it was fun. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you. Milkshape Camps 2023, whether you are a brand new elk hunter, a seasoned veteran, or somebody in between who's maybe intermediate, you've had some success, but quite not the consistent success, consider coming to an Elk Shape Camp in 2023. Five locations, four three-day camps, one two-day camp. I'll break it down. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th to the 22nd. We'll actually be at Wilderness Athlete HQ. My entire squad will be there. Stonewall, Texas, March 3rd through the 5th. That's outside of Austin. That's going to be a phenomenal camp. We did it last year. That's one of the best facilities we've ever had. It's the basically... The NUMA owner lets us invade their ranch. It's a great experience for everyone. Speaking of ranches, Julian Ranch, just outside of San Diego, California, March 31st through April 2nd. Then back to Vortex Edge in Barnfield, Wisconsin, April 14th through the 16th. And last but not least, we're going to do an exclusive elite member only from Onyx two-day minicamp in Green Acres, Washington. MFJJ, myself, and the boys, June 17th through the 18th. Pre-sale starts August 1st. Lock in your rate. Get set up for camp and set yourself up for future success. I hope you plan on elk hunting for the rest of your life. I know I certainly do. Early bird starts 9-1, September 1st. Regular registration starts November 1st. And for you slowpokes, late registration starts January 1st, 2023. All our camps involve you getting exposed at what you're weak at and getting a blueprint for how to mitigate that and make it a strength. Whether it's your calling, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, it's your shot execution, it's your shot process, it's your equipment, it's your tuning, it's your e-scouting, it's your tactics. Whatever it might be, we're going to figure out a blueprint for you. Whatever's getting in the way of you finding success, we're going to help you crush, smash that learning curve and produce consistent success year in and year out. I hope to meet you and your friends at Oak Shape Camp 2023.